Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. If you're thinking about going with us on our farm tour out west, Montana, Wyoming, the parks out west, don't hesitate. It is filling fast. Had a conversation with some folks from Holiday Vacations, and they said, yeah, there are not many seats left on the whole trip. So, again, Valentine's Day, maybe surprise him or her and tell them we're going on vacation in uh, July. We're going out west. But, again, don't hesitate because uh, might not get on the bus if you don't hurry, but get a hold of Holiday Vacations today. And today is Valentine's Day. You know what else today is? It's your anniversary. Yeah, you know how many years I've been here now? 47. 40, I just can't imagine that, that I started on Valentine's Day, 1977. Wow, Jimmy Carter was president. Interest rates were about 20%. It was unbelievable, the difference in agriculture. But uh, yeah, 47 years ago today, I started doing this. Working alongside at that time, Jerry Erdahl was with me. Jerry was the farm director at that time. I came in as the uh, second person in the farm department. Jerry came in, of course, after Pat Kelleher started the whole farm department. And uh, the last I heard, I haven't talked to Jerry recently, but the last I heard, he's he's doing well. He moved back to Minnesota, back to his uh, hometown in uh, Minnesota. I'll think of it here as we go along this morning. But uh, he's over in Minnesota, and uh, I don't know if he's still doing his leather work. And he, for a while when he retired, he started, you know, doing leather work, working on saddles and harness and stuff he loved. He said, I wish I'd have been born 150 years ago. He said, I belong in the pioneer days. And he did. He really enjoyed it, but I enjoyed learning from both uh, Pat and Jerry as I came into the program. Still, of course, uh, we've got a lot more to learn. We never learn at all by any means. But uh, 47 years ago today, I started on Wax Radio, and at that time we were part uh, of Channel 13, WEAU-TV, all part of the same organization, Post Corporation back then, headquartered in Appleton, and uh, that changed in the 1980s. But uh, again, we've been here for 47 years. I don't know, is enough enough? <laughs> um, that's totally up to you. Yeah, it's not well, up to anybody else but you. Uh, yeah, we'll, or, well, maybe the boss on the other side of the building <laughs> might do. I always tell her, I said, well, if the uh, door combination doesn't work some morning when I come in, I'll consider that a signal to turn around and go home. But uh, so far, they keep telling me what that number is, so I guess I keep coming in. And boy, have we seen some changes in agriculture in those 47 years. But uh but anyway, we press on. I'm uh, glad to be here. Up and at them on this Valentine's morning of 2024. Man, oh man. Start in 1977. You can't even imagine 2024. But uh, here we are. And Valentine's Day today shouldn't be too bad. 44 
cloudy later on. Some snow probably going to start falling. And uh, I still am trying to figure out from listening to the meteorologists how much we're going to get around here. Have you figured it out? Uh, they say anywhere south of us is supposed to be a little bit more, but yeah. they say mostly flurries up here. All right. So we'll wait and see. We'll check in with Mike Dandry as we go along this morning. But again, later on, probably around evening chore time by the time you get out of the barn tonight, Probably going to have some white stuff on the ground. Some places, as Jill just said, a little heavier than others as it gets down to about 23 overnight. And then it'll be uh, cooler as we go along. Friday will be the coolest day, 24 degrees. I say cool because, I tell you, I, I'm not used to this kind of weather. I'm, we haven't, I haven't had a school closing yet this fall or this winter, have we? Um, I think I had some when you were gone. All right. So uh, we did have some, but not near what we are normally uh, accustomed to. So the kids got to get up and go to school every day. But it's not been bad weather. Devin talked about wind chills or anything like that. The biggest news is be careful. The ice isn't very thick. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So, uh, again, be very careful. And if you're out there riding, uh, riding your... ATVs. I just found out yesterday something I didn't know that happened while we were gone back in the first part of January, around the beginning of the new year. Our friend Chad Glaze from Vinevest Crop Insurance over in central Wisconsin was killed in an ATV accident. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't see Chad down at the uh, corn soy conference, but I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know the story. So uh, a loss, a really good guy. For agriculture, Chad Glazed over at Vinevest killed in that ATV accident, well, well over a month ago now. Man, oh man, that's not good. A lot of news to take a look at, including coming out late yesterday. I just saw it this morning when I came in because I got involved in other stuff yesterday afternoon and uh, last evening. The Census of Agriculture numbers were released, and I think some uh, eye-opening numbers. From 2017 was the last Census of Agriculture. 2022 is the current one. The U.S. has lost nearly 142,000 farms. And maybe more important, we've lost over 20 million acres of ag production. That's a lot. And if we've got to feed the world, as they said, by 2035, we've got to produce more food than we have since the beginning of time because of all the people in this earth and by the fact that a lot of places cannot grow enough food to feed their own people. So it uh, behooves the rest of us in producing areas like the United States to produce. And it's hard to do it when you're losing 20 million acres in five years, 4 million acres a year. That's a lot. And a decline in farm operations of every size category. So it's not like the big farms gobbled up the small farms. Even the big ones were lost. And it shows that uh, the number of U.S. farms fell below 2 million for the first time, down to 1.9 million farms. And I'm talking about, remember years ago when we had all the small farms? Now we've got less than 2 million farms in the United States. So again, not not a rosy census of agriculture, but a very fact-filled census of agriculture. And we'll take a look at more of that when we have a chance to uh, digest the numbers. Otherwise, what are some of the other stories we're going to look at this morning, Jill? We're going to look at the 2023 vegetable crop harvest. And we're going to talk about Governor Tony Evers and the Republican-controlled state Senate. 
and see if they can work together. And they are on the roads. This is very important, the road situation and the money available under Act 13 that was part of the state budget. The money is there. It has been approved. And April 1st is a very important time for local governments to go ahead and put together some economic information for the Department of Transportation. First $50 million is going to go out as far as soon as uh, this spring, but April 1st is the deadline. Now, it's up to farmers as well, farmers and loggers, because the posted roads, and we've got postings already because of the winter we're having, to get rid of these posted roads. And uh, that's what this money is for. But again, local government officials have to put economic impact uh, reports together to send through DOT. And uh, it's up to farmers and loggers to get them the information. I'm talking about get your local branches of government that information. Go to WFBF, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau website, WFBF.com, and there's a formula there that you can put together telling them, you know, how many times you had to take alternate routes and go an extra 10, 5, 10 miles out of your way, how many times and how much money that costs you. And again, it'll be ranked on who's got the most economic impact negatively on the roads and the alternate routes. So again, this is very important. April 1st, not that far away. So farmers, loggers, Go to WFBF.com, download that, figure out what the economic loss is to you, and then get together with your uh, town boards, county boards, so they can put that information together and get it there by April 1st. Very, very important. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. A look at the markets this morning as we start with the cash livestock numbers. Jill, where are they? Choice fed beef steers are 170 to 178, with mixed steers 155 to 169. Choice fed beef heifers are 170 to 182, with mixed heifers 119 to 169. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 152 to 176. Choice fed Holstein steers are 150 to 158, with select and silage fed steers 130 to 149. Cows are 79 to 105 with a top of 130. Bulls are 115 to 124. Butcher hogs are 30 to 54 with sows at 29 to 35 and boars at 15 to 21. Shorn market lambs are 170 to 225. Feeder lambs are 150 to 340. And ewes are 80 to 130. Small goats are 25 to $130. Medium goats are 160 to $190. Large goats are one hundred sixty to four hundred ten dollars, and nanny goats are thirty to two hundred sixty dollars. And at the Mercantile Exchange and the trade yesterday at the close lower, we've got April live cattle one eighty five ten down eighty two, June one eighty two fifty five down ninety seven, August live cattle one eighty one fifty seven, they closed eighty seven cents lower. Feeder cattle for March two forty eight even, that's down eighty two. April feeders two fifty one seventy five down a dollar forty two May down a dollar forty at two fifty five forty five August one fifteen lower at two sixty nine fifteen and September feeder cattle closed two hundred seventy one dollars that's down ninety seven cents hogs were also lower February though was up sixty five cents at seventy four twenty two and then those prices turned lower April lean hog carcass contracts closed. 8107, down a nickel. 
May at 85.97 down 2 cents and June hogs at 94.70 down 17. And the Board of Trade closed lower yesterday, a stronger dollar and uh, some sketchy demand for our products in the world market. So down in the trade yesterday, also down overnight. March corn, another two cents lower, sitting at 428 this morning. The oats down a penny at 381. March wheat down 11 at 586. March soybeans down another eight cents at 1178. Beans were 1190 yesterday at this time, down 1178. Soybean meal for March down a dollar eighty at three hundred forty-three dollars. Dairy markets: we had the barrel cheese up a half a cent, a dollar sixty. Blocks and butter were unchanged. Blocks one fifty-eight and a half. The butter two seventy-one and a quarter. February class three down another two cents, sixteen nineteen. March was up seventeen at seventeen forty-three. April up eleven at seventeen sixty-seven. And then May we started going down a penny, seventeen ninety-two. June down eight cents, eighteen twenty-two. Prices were lower out through September. That's where we are this morning. Looking at the markets, we're going to talk about the dicamba and other farm news as we continue with the farm show on this Valentine's morning. 30 degrees right now. The winter of 23-24 has been very unusual. Very warm is the bottom line, and it makes a lot of people nervous, especially if you've got alfalfa in the field. Brad Matson joins us on our Allied Cooperative Program today. Brad, an agronomist, technology manager with Allied Cooperative. And Brad, what are you seeing, what are you hearing as far as uh, the alfalfa fields in the area that you service right now? I would imagine with some of this weather, we've seen a little bit of a breaking dormancy. Well, we really haven't quite got to the temperature of breaking dormancy. The critical temperatures of alfalfa are going to be, uh, of soil temperatures, are going to be 41 degrees is when alfalfa will break dormancy. And uh, the other one that's probably more of a concern is when soil temperatures get to 5 to 15 degrees is when you're going to have severe chance of winter kill. You know, usually we get snow and getting down to 5, 15 degrees is not a problem. But we did get down uh, the middle of uh, January in west central Wisconsin. We were down in that 16, 17 degree range of soil temperatures. And uh, right now we haven't hit that 41 degrees yet. There's, I'm sure on some south slopes we probably have and those types of things. So it's going to be a nail biter of a, of a season. Will we have some effect? Of course, how we manage alfalfa in the fall is going to have a huge effect when we did our last cutting. Uh, if you left a stand in stubble, that's going to help dramatically. If you've got a good fertility program on there, that's definitely going to help. But uh, we did get really, really close to that uh, threshold limit of where we could start to see some winter kill events. We shouldn't see really a, an ice issue because the ground is pretty much getting thawed out at this point. But uh, that would be the only other real concern uh, I see moving into this spring. And that's kind of a wait-and-see issue then, but the one thing is not wait-and-see is our planning for this spring because with commodity prices where they're at, uh, fertilizer prices have moderated a little bit. Planning uh, should be well underway for our spring cropping season because we, we've got to get yield to get some price to money because the, the prices for commodities not real good right now. How busy are you guys uh, helping farmers plan? Moving along, there's a, and it's it's a lot tougher this year. Uh, definitely putting strains on the budget with these commodity prices. Fertilizer has softened uh, a lot from last year, but that doesn't match up to where these commodity prices are. So, spending you know, is going to be a, 
I would advise spending extra time with your agronomist, working out a plan that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck on what fertilizers you use. It's not all about just nitrogen, but it's about the complete program. But you're absolutely right, Bob, when you say yield is king. If you don't have that yield, it's really, really hard to make these budgets work. So just going across the board saying I'm going to cut back X amount of dollars on my fertilizer uh, could be a very serious mistake this year. Um, so the planning is, is, is critical in spending that time and asking the right questions to your agronomist in, you know, how can I maximize my yields? Uh, what, is, what am I on my soil tests are showing where I should be? Maybe it's a little bit more potash. Maybe it's a little bit more dap. Just don't assume that you can cut everything else out and just leave the nitrogen in because that can be a sad mistake. And we better do our homework as far as these genetics and what these modern genetics offer because I'll tell you, in dry weather and some other situations, it's been remarkable what these uh, products have yielded. So don't cut corners on genetic selection either, should you? Uh, genetics is key. Placement of the genetics is where you really make your money, um, putting the right variety in the right spot so it's going to do what you can. You know, our fertility program over the last few years has been, you know, we've had some good times. A lot of people are catching up on, on fertility. Those were factors in helping us last year. It's all the pieces of the puzzle, Bob. There's not, you can't just pick one thing and that's going to be solve all your issues because we've seen some good varieties that weren't managed properly not do so great, but we've seen some other varieties that just fly off the table. And uh, looking at how you put that plan together, looking at how you place that variety and, and take advantage of all the technology advancements that we've made over the years is really what's going to give you the edge moving forward. Yeah, and if you haven't put your plan and your puzzle together yet, the folks, the agronomists at Allied Cooperative can help you do that. So give them a call because uh, they've got answers for you. Brad Matson joining us, Technology Matter Agronomist with Allied Cooperative. Brad, have a good spring. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, you too, Bob. Brad Matson with Allied Cooperative. Normally we focus on the corn, soybean, alfalfa harvest, but a lot of other crops are grown in Wisconsin, and Jill, catch us up on some of those. Well, the 2023 vegetable crop in Wisconsin did turn out pretty good. For snap beans, of which Wisconsin produces 48% of the nation's total, farmers harvested almost 52,000 acres, about 4,000 less than 2022. But yields totaled 6.75 million hundredweight, more than three times the yield in Florida, which ranks second in snap bean production. The value of the crop for production purposes was $13.8 million, while the processed product was valued at over $52 million. The state's sweet corn harvest came in at 10.7 million hundredweight last year, with production coming in coming from about 55,000 acres. The value of the fresh market crop was $26 million, with processed sweet corn values coming in at just over $58 million. We rank third nationally in sweet corn production. For other vegetable crops grown in Wisconsin, the 2023 green pea harvest was 1.39 million hundredweight and had a value of $26.6 million, while the cabbage crop totaled 2.4 million hundredweight and had a value of just over $32 million. You ever put uh, cabbage in the crocks and make 
make sauerkraut? It's been a long time, but I sure do enjoy my sauerkraut. Yeah, it's delicious, that's for sure. Moving on, you got folks that uh, need to have some training with cows. How about a video? Dr. Jennifer Van Oss is going to join us talking about a video, a training video, working with cows. That's next. If I say phrases like Fortnite or Minecraft, Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto, do you know what I'm talking about? From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Yeah, they're video games, probably video games that you've got in your house or your kids have direct links to. Now there's a new video game you might want to introduce to the conversation. It was developed by a dairy scientist on the UW-Madison campus, and it's called Moving Cows. That's right, Moving Cows. And it is all about teaching not only farmers, but also their employees proper animal handling techniques. Dr. Jennifer Vanoss talked with me and said, although it may look like a simple game, it's taken some time to develop. It's been a long time coming. So when I started at UW-Madison in 2018, I met with a lot of Wisconsin dairy farm owners and other people in the dairy industry, and I asked them, what can I do with my applied research and extension program on dairy cattle welfare to help you on your farm in terms of your animal welfare and animal care challenges. And one of the most common answers I got was, could you please come to my farm and help train my staff or help them review best practices on cow handling? Because we know that dairy cows don't see the world the same way human beings do, and we need to essentially learn to speak moo and use our body language to move them appropriately instead of resorting to force. And so I kind of chewed on that for a while, and I thought, you know, there are a lot of really nice resources freely available that tell people about these best principles for cow handling. And the information is correct, but clearly there's a gap where sometimes people aren't able to put that information into practice effectively. So I got the idea to essentially build a flight simulator for cow handling, much like how commercial airline pilots need to do a certain number of hours in a flight simulator before they can get into the cockpit. I thought maybe this would be a way to make it more interactive, more fun and engaging so people aren't just passively taking in information about cow handling, but can actually practice in a safe, simulated setting. It'll never replace the real thing. You have to kind of learn how to do that dance with the animal. But I thought that this could be an innovative way to allow people to do something more hands-on. Well, and let's face it, in this day and time, you know, we've got books and books on standard operating procedures at our dairies, but uh, cracking those books is not any easier than it was uh, the day they were introduced. Now, fast forward to introducing technology, technology that that is uh, friendly no matter your educational level, no matter your age. Uh, you've come up with uh, a game, essentially, like you said, that's like that flight simulator, except we've got cows that are the forefront of our focus. Exactly. And no previous game playing experience is necessary. So I don't even consider myself a gamer. I never would have imagined that my career would have taken me to become a game developer. But even watching a video is something more passive. In this way, it's much more hands-on. And so we have seen now that the technology is there, and it is even being applied in ag settings. So John Deere has a tractor simulator that's like a flight simulator, but this is the first application of this kind of technology to livestock handling. And so we thought, let's just start by having people practice routine cow handling because we know that multiple times a day on every dairy farm um, where cows are milked in a parlor, you have to move them there. And, and so that's what people practice in the game. And I do want to emphasize also that our priority isn't for to make money off of this. We're doing this because we want to help 
people who work on dairy farms. And so the app is freely available, whether you use an Apple device or an Android device. There are no advertisements. It's really meant to be something to help people in the dairy industry. Well, and although we may call it a game, in reality, it's not. It is designed to instill proper practices. So give me a little rundown on what I'm going to see, Jen, when I grab this uh, Moving Cows uh, game. What am I going to see? How did you create the scenarios? Because... I'm thinking there's a lot of different ways that you could go when it comes to scenarios you want to work with folks on. Yeah, it's true. And so the main learning objectives in the game are to understand how human behavior affects cow behavior, cow stress, and then how that affects downstream milk production. So we really wanted to start from the basics. Of course, there are much more complex cow handling scenarios that can happen on the farm, but this is really about, okay, it's time now to fetch the cows for milking. So we have different environments. We have these initial tutorial levels that are in a pasture paddock so that it's this wide open area where you can practice some of the basic principles. And then we move into a parallel milking parlor. And then we also have a free stall home pen. So you can practice getting cows up from their stalls or away from the feed bunk. So there are eight levels total in the game. And we have actually developed different versions that we've improved over time with feedback from people who work on Wisconsin dairy farms. So now the full game, eight levels, takes approximately half an hour, or take. Some people take a lot less time. Some people take more time to finish it. And at the very end, you actually get a certificate of completion. And that just gets downloaded into the gallery on your phone or on your tablet. And that can be used to demonstrate continuing education for things like the farm animal care program, which every dairy farm in the U.S. participates in. So again, we really want this to be a beneficial educational resource. And we hope that it's something that's fun to play as well. But it's what's called a, quote, serious game. That's the technical term for it because it's meant to be educational. Excellent. Again, if you're just joining us, this is Dr. Jennifer Van Oss, who was the project lead on this new Moving Cows game, serious game, as she said. She was also uh, helped along by Dr. Nigel Cook and other collaborators that have made this friendly for dairy producers, their employees, family members, anybody that's coming in contact with those animals. What's the feedback been like, Jen, for those folks that got involved in uh, the version 1.0 and even the latest version? What have they been saying? Yeah, I think that feedback is really key because we didn't want to just design this game with what we think is the appropriate information here in the ivory tower. We wanted to kind of co-create it with the end users. And so we went through multiple stages of feedback. Actually, before even version one, we had prototypes where we did focus groups with dairy farm owners and employees who serve as milkers or in other roles. And these people spoke both English and Spanish or one or the other of those two languages because the, the app is actually available in both English and Spanish. And you can switch between those languages at any time. So we asked people questions such as how comfortable are you using touchscreen devices or apps in the first place? Um, and then what their impressions of the game were. So how much did you enjoy it? How challenging was it? Also, how useful do you think it would be for people if they have no experience with dairy cows, or even if they're quite experienced, could this be useful? And so we've been really encouraged so far. Of course, there's a lot of variability. It isn't for everyone. But on the whole, people gave it a four out of five on average for how much they enjoyed it. And they also gave it a four out of five for how useful they think it would be, not only for a new person to learn cow handling for the first time, but even for experienced people to refresh what the best practices are. So we thought that that was really good news. And again, that's Dr. Jennifer Van Oss with the uh, University of Madison, University of Wisconsin-Madison, Moving Cow Video. And again, as she said, it's available in both English 
and Spanish if you need a refresher course for some of the people or you got some uh, other people that uh, need how to learn how to work with cows. Pretty good video to get a hold of Dr. Jennifer Van Oss at the University in Madison. Let's get over to Premier Livestock in with the Rocky Olson is going to join us. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. Heading south today? Nope, just staying local. Well, that's good. Then you shouldn't have to deal with too much snow. It's going to start up later on about afternoon, evening chore time. A little snow around the area, but uh, down south a little bit more. But I don't... Boy, I'll tell you, it's been uh, nice getting semis and uh, stock trucks in and out, hasn't it? That part's been great, absolutely. Yeah, that's probably not going to change a whole lot. But uh, how much they've been bringing it? How'd the calves, did you have another calf market yesterday? Those numbers yesterday were unbelievable. Yeah, so Thursday's the big day, so a little lighter calf than yesterday. All right, uh, well, get us caught up on everything that happened. Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is uh, yesterday, Tuesday, special feeder cattle auction shaped up. We sold 530 head of feeder cattle on a very strong market. Most of the beef calves, the new crop calves, from 210 to $3 a pound. Those lightweight beef calves from 300 to 340 per pound. Uh, most of the yearling feeders were 170 to 240. Holstein feeder steers mostly 140 to two and a quarter. Uh, we also sell, sold bred beef cows, and they traded mostly from 14 to 2150 beef breeding bulls up to 2350 next week tuesday we'll have another special feeder cattle auction and bread beef cow special call in those consignments uh then uh Today, Wednesday, we get a big selection of hay and bedding that gets underway at 9.30 this morning, and then big dairy cattle auction at 11 o'clock a.m. today. We're expecting 250 head of dairy cattle. Uh, we do have two complete tie stall herd dispersals. Uh, they're going to be one herd's all Holsteins, another herd's going to be Holsteins with some Ayrshires, and some of them will be registered. Lots of top-end parlor freestall cows. There's going to be over 75 fresh two- and three-year-olds, also another group of 25 fresh Jersey cross cows. They're all two- and three-year-olds, some of the best we sell from Kemper jerseys. We also have a nice load of Holstein fresh two-year-olds that are averaging over 100 pounds of milk, but lots of loads of two-year-olds. Super fancy uh, load of top-end registered fresh Jersey two-year-olds. will be some of the nicest jerseys we had in a while. Uh, make sure you come over for those. A full list of early consignments with more details on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, if you got any questions, you can't make the sale, you can't get online to buy because we do have online bidding through Cattle USA. You can put an order in with us. Uh, we'll take care and make sure somebody buys the cows for you. Uh, 715-229-2500. Uh, reminder, large farm machinery auction is coming up March 15th, guys. If you got equipment to get in, I'd be getting her in soon here, guys. We only got 30 days to help you market your, your items. Uh, get it in the new newspapers and get it up online so take it in consignment six days a week any other questions give us a call anytime and that's the way things shaped up bob now do you cook tonight for valentine's day for your wife or anything oh, special there will be some cooking i'm not sure who's <laughs> going to be doing it but. and everybody's going to be eating huh <laughs> yep yep all cool. right well enjoy it all right, sounds good. Thanks, Bob. Happy Valentine. You bet. There he goes. That's Rocky over at Premier Livestock in Withy. Let's get into the newsroom on this Valentine's Day, and uh, Morgan is with us. Now, you you and Alex have a big sweetheart dinner planned? 
Yes, that like, yes, yeah. that and picking up dog poop in the yard and cleaning the dishwasher like most couples do every day of the year, right? Oh, uh, boy, but uh, no special alfalfa sprout bake or anything like that from you tonight? No, we might uh, we might make it real fancy and grab some cupcakes on the way home. But, oh, boy. Yeah, nothing, nothing too exciting. Throw caution to the wind and go nuts. Well, if there's anything really to celebrate... It's this. There's just one. This was the number one song in 1977. The what only, vo- the only yeah. voice that could outdo uh, George Jones and Tammy Wynette, of course, it's was like Bob Bolsold when he hit the <laughs> airwaves in 1977 on this day. That song was near you. That was number one when you started 47 years ago. And my goodness, don't we thank you for sticking around? Oh boy, I'll tell you, we've been here. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Worked with a lot of great people and uh, had a lot of great experiences. And uh, very You're just getting very, started. As I said, I've had a chance in my career to talk to everybody from presidents of the United States down to first year 4-H members. Right. And I won't say which ones are the better interviews. I have a guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been a it's been a fun ride. Absolutely. What's going on? What's going on? Well, we will take this to the headlines and uh, actually stay pretty close to home today. Good morning, guys. We're going to start in the courts and that includes probation for two people who faked an armed robbery at an Ace Hardware store in Rice Lake. We know now that a judge handed a sentence down to Jesus Miera from Chippewa Falls and Krista Buckwalter from Rice Lake. Lake for a robbery that happened at Jacobson's Ace Hardware in 2022. And she worked at the store. Police say she and Mira cooked up a scheme where he would come in and rob her. Investigators say they found a flurry of phone calls between the two just before the robbery. And in addition to probation, the judge ordering them to repay the $1,400 they stole. Around the meeting table in Chippewa, there's a push for a pause when it comes to resettling refugees in the Chippewa Valley. The county board approved a resolution that asks for an immediate pause on the efforts by World Relief's plans to move refugees to the Eau Claire and Chippewa Falls area this year. As county leaders say, they want proof that the refugees have been vetted properly. And you can find more information online, 715newsroom.com. This is similar to a rejected resolution from Eau Claire last month. In headlines that put us in the expansion direction, it's efforts by Aspirus Health now. Of course, with HSHS and Purveyor slated to leave our area, that leaves a lot of holes in health care. And some of the answer is becoming a little clearer in terms of logistics and what that means on the ground. Aspirus said they're adding six beds at a hospital in Stanley, eight in Medford, working to expand to Wausau and give people some more options as they're also trying to work in an affiliation with St. Luke's Hospital. That's in Duluth. CEO of Aspirus, Matthew Haywood, saying they understand the need in the Chippewa Valley and are working to fill it. And pick a box of chocolates if you want to pick the perfect gift. It turns out it's going to involve a little bit of a wallop to the wallet or a pinch to the purse strings. Does money say love? National Retail Federation. It says consumers plan to spend a total of $25.8 billion this Valentine's Day. That's on par with last year's spending and the third highest in the survey's history. 62% of consumers ages 25 to 34 intend to celebrate this year more than any other age group. Consumers expect to spend $185 each on average. That's nearly $8 more than the average of Valentine's Day spending over the last five years. I'm Mark Mayfield. But of course... The priceless Bob Bolsold is really the gift of all to fill our hearts with love as we head back to the barn with Bob. And a congratulations on 47 years behind the mic. We love you. And Joe Welke, your Midwest Farm Reporter. Thank you, Darren. If he doesn't treat you right, let me know. Oh, yeah, take a number. There's a line outside the newsroom door, right? I'll save you a spot. Oh, good for you. Have a good one. You too. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning. 
Roads are a big deal in Wisconsin and the condition of our roads, but there are some dollars available, Jill. Well, that's one of those things that Governor Tony Evers and the Republican-controlled Senate, state Senate, can work on. And it's including the need to improve our road across the state. I actually looked into this, and it has how often the road is used is one of those things that needs to be documented. And we're going to talk about this week. The parties involved held a press conference to encourage local governments to apply for their first round of grants for road repairs under the Agricultural Road Improvement Program, which is part of Wisconsin Act 13 that was passed last year as part of the state budget. The program has available $150 million to pay for improving local roads that cause problems for agriculture due to weight postings, and some of which are already in place with our unusually warm winter. Farmers can use a website to tell their local leaders how much of an economic loss they're taking by having to travel extra miles across their roads that are in bad shape and can't handle modern farm equipment. The money from the program will pay up to 90% of the cost for road improvements. Applications for those dollars are due by April 1st. You need to go to a website, right? WFBF.com for farmers, loggers who also have a problem with these weight limits, obviously, and anybody else, and put together an economic impact on your business so you can get that to your local leaders, your local government, town boards, county boards, so they can pass that information along to the Department of Transportation. The first $50 million is going to be going out from applications that are due by April 1st. So get those applications in by April 1st. So farmers, loggers, others that have problems with the roads have to take detours, and it takes a lot of time and money and fuel. That uh, website will help you calculate all that. But then get that to your local leaders of government so that they can get those applications in by April 1st. That's for the first $50 million, and later this summer and fall, They'll deal with the other $100 million, but that money is out there, so go get it. It's time to get to some markets. Let's head to Altoona Equity and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.45 to $1.65. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.45 to $1.65. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.56 to $1.64. Choice Holstein steers, $1.45 to $1.55. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.44 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from $1.03 to $1.18. We had a top of $1.20. 60% of the cows sold from $77 to $1.02. Bottom 20% of the cows sold from $76 and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.27 to $1.57. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.26 and down. Cold bulls sold from $95 to $1.16. Thin, full, horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $400 to $570 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $400 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $500 to $765 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, February 16th, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Let's get more markets over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Well, what are you going to do with your sweetheart on Valentine's Day, Jerry? 
Well, good morning to you, Bob. Uh, well, to be honest with you, it's Ash Wednesday. We're probably going to go to church. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I know it. It's Ash Wednesday, the start of Lent today, as well as uh, Valentine's Day. That doesn't happen very often. No, and, and before we get into the report, uh, certainly on behalf of everyone, uh, a very happy anniversary to you, Bob. Well, thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. Uh, You've been around longer than I have. How long have you been over there at Stratford associated with the sale barn? You've got to be over 50 years, don't you? Yeah, I started back there, yeah, going on over 53 years. In some form wow. or another, I've been associated with equity. So right. it's been a been a long, uh, a long uh, endeavor, but it's been rewarding. And uh, I guess you and I both have seen so many changes. It's just, uh, oh, yeah. well, it's the way things go, though. Boy, that's for sure. Yeah, remember back uh, late 70s, 20% interest, and oh man, it was kind of ugly in some places, but uh, it's gotten better. It's been up and down, that's for sure, but hopefully uh, hopefully we're not done yet. Well, let's uh, let's put you to work here, buddy. What happened over there yesterday and so far this week at Stratford? Uh, we'll do that, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Uh, a summary from yesterday, Tuesday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the uh, market auction, and uh, first of all, we'll do with the organic market. We sell organic market cattle every Tuesday here in Stratford. High-yielding, good-quality certified organic cows in yesterday's auction. We're selling from 140 to 154. Low-yielding organic cows, 139 and below. Back to the conventional cows yesterday. Cow market continues to be very strong. High-yielding, fleshy uh, Holstein and beef cows yesterday's sale. We're selling from 97 up to a top of 119.5 on the cows. Uh, most of the cows we've been selling this week are between 75 and 97, thinner cows below 75. A summary on the Fed cattle market so far this week, choice grading Holstein steers are mostly from uh, 138 to 152. High-yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 153 to 162. Uh, select cattle under finished cattle, 135 and below. Bull market so far this week. Uh, better quality bulls are mostly from uh, 103 to 120. Lighter bulls, a dollar and back. And a summary on the calf market so far. Calves are just very, very strong. Good quality hosting bull calves from 300 to 600, up to 670. That was on Monday. Uh, beef calves, again, also, also very, very strong. 400 to 800, up to 870 on Monday's auction. So uh, we'll see how things transpire today. We get started this morning, uh, bright and early this morning, uh, with market cattle. We'll sell the, course, market cows. Uh, most of our fed cattle will be sold this morning also, along with sheep, hog, and goats. Feeder cattle sale today is at 12.30, and we will follow that with the uh, baby calves. Our auction tomorrow does start at 11, full marketing day, uh, of course, tomorrow, including market cattle and baby calves. And like I mentioned, uh, you folks are interested in attending the uh, annual meetings. Uh, well, whether you're look, listening in the uh, Tuna area or the Stratford area, wherever listening, there is a link on Equity's homepage, uh, just uh, uh uh, link uh, email link you just a uh, link on that and send them your information how many are coming and they'll take care of it for you and then you'll be all set and ready to go and when you get to the meeting so and of course those will be in march and uh i know you guys at wax are on top of that so you'll keep letting a few folks know you about bet. that so bob with that we'll uh send her back to you and uh, again a happy anniversary and uh well, you tell Jill she's only got about another, what, 43 years to go or so? <laughs> yeah, she's getting close. <laughs> hey, you have a good Valentine's Day. We'll talk to you in the morning. You also, and I thank you much. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Markets from the Board of Trade. Others, let's get to the let's get to those. On the Board of Trade yesterday, corn and beans were down stronger dollar, but overnight they were down even further. March corn down two cents at four twenty-eight. The oats down a penny at three eighty-one. March wheat down eleven five eighty-six. Soybeans down eight at eleven seventy-eight. 
Soybean meal down $1.80 at $343 a ton. Country elevator prices today. Corn and Loyal is at three seventy three with soybeans at ten ninety three. Arcadia corns at three ninety one with soybeans at ten ninety nine. Chippewa Falls corns at three sixty five with soybeans at eleven oh five. And Connorsville corns at three sixty five with soybeans at eleven oh one. On the DTN screen today, no four dollar corn. Gold, Golden Plump has corn at three ninety four. At Baldwin, three sixty seven on the corn, ten ninety eight of the beans. Durand and Fall Creek. Corn 362, the beans 1088. In Mondovi, corn 367, beans 1094. Elmwood 372 and 1098. At Osseo, the corn is 377, beans at 1098. In Elk Mound, the corn is 372, the beans 1104. That's the only $11 beans we see. Sparta, corn 372, beans 1089. And at Ellsworth, the corn's 359. Beans 1088. Ethanol plants, the corn today at Boysville is 383. And at both Stanley and the New Richmond grain facility, the corn bringing 384. Barrel cheese, a half a cent higher yesterday, $1.60. Blocks, 158 and a half. That was unchanged. Butter, 271 and a quarter, also unchanged. February class three down two cents, 1619. March up 17 at 1743. April up 11 at 1767. May down a penny at 1792, June down eight at 1822, as prices were lower right on through September. Again, have a great Valentine's Day as we're looking for kind of cloudy skies today and about evening chore time. A little snow should start to fall, but it should be a very pleasant day in the 40s. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.